0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law.
1: See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon. Hope you are doing well. In a moment, Jerry Reynolds, Ryan in Sacktown. Kings off a 5-2 and two road trip. Take on the Detroit Pistons tonight. Then the Denver Nuggets coming up on Friday. Then it is right back on the road for Oklahoma City, Phoenix, and Denver and then it is the all star break. Wow. Got enough basketball going on. The NBA trade, de- trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, Ryan in Sacktown is going to have a special show. I believe it's going to be beginning at 11 o'clock. We'll talk to him about that in just a couple of moments. And so uh, we got a lot going on. We take you chats, but uh, just waiting to reconnect, or not reconnect, but to connect with uh, Jerry and uh, have already chatted with uh, Ryan in Sacktown. Don't expect tonight's game uh, to be easy, okay? I mean, you're coming off a long road trip. You're taking on a bad team. And you might be a little lethargic to start this game, okay? So don't expect this to just be a blowout. I mean, that would be nice. But... You know, generally speaking, when you come off a long road trip, you're sluggish in that first game, particularly uh, in the first half. So it wouldn't surprise me if this game is close uh, and then the Kings pull away at the end. All right. As promised, Jerry Reynolds here on this Wednesday, and then he'll join us at halftime. Jerry, good afternoon. How are you? Good, good, Grant. How are you? Uh you
2: know, a little I'm rain good. here in uh, Roseville, but uh we need it, so everything's good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was just talking about, you know, first of all, let's go on the road trip. I mean, five and two, I don't care what happened in the last game. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but five and two is five and two, and there's nothing negative about that.
2: No, not at all. I mean, and and really, like I say, uh anytime you can go above five hundred on the road, if you do that all, all year long, obviously you're an elite team. So that was a good road trip. Uh, you know I thought for 3 quarters the Kings uh, really played the Cavs pretty well just kind of run out of gas and and the Cavs are really good. The yeah. Cavs are, you know, they're one of the three or four best teams in the in the East right now in the, in the East is so they've kind of passed Philly and some of those. So
1: tonight the Pistons, you know, a team that you should go right through they're the worst team in the NBA. Uh they are 6 and 43, but what do we talk about all the time? First game back after a long road trip, you can be sluggish. So this this makes me a little bit nervous when you when you talk about that.
2: It does me too. I mean, well, we've seen it hundreds of times. I mean, yes. we just seen it hundreds of times, and not just with the Kings, but with every team in the league, yep. that they come off a long road trip, and that first game back, it's, still, it's like they're playing in mud sometimes.
1: We uh, get Miggs saying hello from sunny Western Australia. Good to see Jerry. It's not good to see me. It's only good to see Jerry. Well, see Jerry, uh, you got you got fans down under. They only want to see you. They don't care about Grant Napier.
2: Well, that's great judgment on your part. <laughs>
1: that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Miggs checking in from uh, down under. So it would be uh, Thursday, right? Thursday in Australia. All right, good. Thursday. What is it? Thursday morning in Australia. All right. Just trying to keep track of that. He goes, I see you every day, Napes. (laughs) All right, Migs. I appreciate that. Um, What do you think uh, this – I know we keep on talking about these stretches, but you look at these games coming up before the All-Star break. So you have Detroit tonight, Denver at home on Friday. Tomorrow the Nuggets play in L.A. against the Lakers, so you're getting them on the second night of a back-to-back. Then you start a road trip in Oklahoma City the afternoon before that Super Bowl Sunday, by the way. The Thunder play Saturday afternoon in Dallas, so you're getting them on a second night of a back-to-back, then Phoenix on the road, then Denver on a second night of a back-to-back. This is going to be one heck of a stretch getting into the break.
2: Yeah, if you could uh, end up a a little over 500 on this stretch, what, three and two? Three and two would be five yeah, you you'd be thrilled I think and uh even though you're catching some of those teams on a back to back you're catching really good teams and yeah. uh, and so that you know that's just where that is I mean it's, it's an advantage but uh you know those are teams that can win they can win uh on the road and on back to backs they've proven that
1: I think the game on Sunday is very intriguing to me. First of all, the NBA should never have games on Super Bowl Sunday in the afternoon. Stupid. It's asinine. Uh, but with that said, the Kings have already beat the Thunder twice, albeit in Sacramento. I got to believe this is going to be a big game for the Thunder to let the Kings know that, hey, uh, uh-uh, you're not better than us. I'm looking forward to that game on Sunday.
2: Oh, I am too, and and I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, there'll be a little uh, vengeance there, so to speak, and and I do think, in fairness to the Thunder, they they are a better team today than they were earlier in the year. They were a good team then, but you didn't really see what they've become, and uh, as a serious contender in the West, and so. But it goes both ways. I, I think the the Kings will be really looking forward to, you know. To, to beating them again because they know uh, they're going to be at the top of the heap. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. We bring Ryan in Sacktown in. He's going to have the uh, pregame show coming up at six thirty, and then he'll join us at halftime. Uh, Ryan, you a little nervous. Jerry and I are a little nervous about this one tonight. Where, where's your mindset going into this game against the Pistons?
3: I'm right there with you guys. I mean, regardless of how well or bad this team's playing, it's a brutal road trip to come off. Um, But if there's a recipe there for this team to win a game like this, it's tonight. And it's on the inside. Sabonis' last game was 14 of 16 from inside against the Pistons. He's been dominated as of late. Can the Kings do it tonight in the paint? Maybe.
1: Maybe. Remember what happened the last time these teams played a couple of weeks ago in Detroit? Remember that first quarter by the Pistons? What did they score? Forty-seven points in the first quarter.
3: It felt it felt like about forty-seven. <laughs>
1: That's for sure. Yeah, I think it was their best quarter of the year, and then obviously uh, the Kings were able to catch up and uh, win the game, but. Uh, listen, the Kings should win this game. Obviously, the Pistons are the worst team in the NBA. They've been playing a little bit better as of late. And then we also have the other aspect of this game. It's the last game before the trade deadline, guys.
2: Yeah, that's interesting stuff, you know, and I, I just, you just wonder if the Kings are going to be, you know, able to make a deal they like. It doesn't sound like there's going to be much activity, but, but you never know. Uh, you know, four or five big trades could come together all of a sudden, you know, around the league. And I know you know, there's guys rumored to be on the trade market, but, you know, it uh, takes two to uh, agree. Yeah. Yep. Ryan, you've got a special show tomorrow, right?
1: Uh, let's let everyone know what you're going to be doing tomorrow right here on uh, this channel. Yeah,
3: we're going to hop on, or I'm going to hop on at 11 o'clock Pacific, and we're going to take you right up to the trade deadline. We'll talk about the trades that are made around the league. We'll talk about whether or not the Kings make a move and uh, where we go from there uh, the rest of the season. And uh, if there's any blockbuster moves, maybe we'll be able to pull one of these two in.
1: Yeah, well, and the other aspect of trade deadline is, will the teams ahead of Sacramento or right behind Sacramento make moves? i tell you a team that always seems to be busy at the trade deadline are the Dallas Mavericks, Jerry. And, you know, uh, the, I'm still not sold on the Mavs, Jerry. I mean, I I know that they've had trouble keeping their stars on the floor. Irving just came back and towards Brooklyn. But I'm I'm just not sold on the Mavs when I watch them play. What's your take on them?
2: Well, I'm, I feel the same way. I mean, obviously, when Ir- Irving's healthy and Donchick is healthy, they, they, they're they so good offensively they can beat anybody. But it's also true that the overall roster just isn't very good. And I can see why they'd be very active or want to be very active because they, they need another legitimate player, especially uh, a big player. I think, uh, you know, the Lively, he's a nice young rookie uh potential but they they need somebody a little better in the four or five position yep i think and uh but i mean i think they're a playoff team probably or play in team but just because of those two guys who you know they can go get 70 as they did last night yep
1: yeah. benny thank you for letting us know that ryan's audio is way louder than uh ours uh it's because ryan wants to be heard so he puts his mic up real loud that's why it is you know right ryan we don't blame you for that
3: yeah, somebody uh, once told me, act like you're talking to somebody across the room. So, sorry about that. We'll work on
1: it. <laughs> just following rules. <laughs> yeah, no, it is kind of loud, but we can hear you loud and clear, so it's not a problem. The um, w- w- I, I look at Denver, if they're healthy, I still think they're as good as anyone in the West. Minnesota just made a trade to get Morris from the Pistons to add a little depth in the backcourt. I don't think Minnesota's going anywhere. Oklahoma, I mean, I think the four teams ahead of Sacramento are set. I still think if they stay healthy, Jerry, I think the Clippers are going to win the West this year. And by I'm talking about regular season. In other words, I think they're going to be the number one seed in the conference.
2: I, I do too. I think they and Denver are the two best teams. Those are the two best teams. If they stay healthy, I think it's going to be hard for anybody to beat either one of them. And, uh, You know, I I think the Clippers are the most talented team, but I wouldn't bet against the defending champs. So, you know, the old Rudy Tomjanovic saying, you know, never bet, uh, uh, never bet against the heart of a champion, you know, and I think that there is something to that. All
1: right, Mig says, given that money has already traded away a fan favorite for the good of the team with the Domas trade, is there any anxiety going into a trade deadline that he trades away Keegan for another piece? If you trade away Keegan Murray, you better get yourself a damn good player on, on, on the return. Like, you don't get anyone that you think is going to be good. You get someone that's already good. You know, as far as a fan favorite, and you did point out it was for the good of the team, Jerry knows this better than I do. You know, you, you you don't make trades worrying about whether it's a fan favorite or not. You make a trade worrying about whether it makes your team better, because if it makes your team better, fans will be fine that you traded away a fan favorite. If you trade away a fan favorite and your team gets worse as your general manager, you're probably going to lose your job.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, yeah, and you don't, that puts a little more pressure on it. I think when you make a trade, when you trade away, a, a really a favorite, uh, like a, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, but uh, uh, you know, but as long as it makes your team stronger, which clearly the Domas trade did, not just with his own play, but how he allowed Fox to uh, basically develop to a higher level has been instrumental in that change. So you, so it's always like that, as you would recall. A lot of fans might have forgot, but when we traded uh, Mitch Richmond for Chris Weber, that was not a popular trade. Correct? you know at all No it was not. <laughs> it, it, it became very popular uh, right. but it wasn't at the time. So uh, you know uh, but you know that's but your, but your point is exactly right. I mean, you make a trade to make your team better. And uh, now, like you say with Keegan Murray, sure you could try, trade Keegan Murray if you're getting uh, a, a maybe a guy one or two years older that's a proven many time all-star sort of that I don't it's know. under contract it's under contract that uh, yeah. yeah so the so the odds of that are so slim they're, they're not even odds hey listen when the kings
1: traded jay will for mike bibby at first that wasn't very popular there were a lot of pissed off fans over that move at first well,
2: i was one of them but that's okay because yep. <laughs> i yeah. just jay will was the most exciting player maybe we've ever had here <laughs> yeah know, but i understood why and because you know Doug Christie had come in and 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 you know Rick Adelman knew that uh, he could handle the point as well as go- be an outstanding defender and was looking for somebody just a little bit more stable than jay Will was and and Bibby, I don't know I'm not sure he was, but <laughs> it fit well.
1: You know, Ryan, when you look at the Kings right now, if Monty McNair makes a move, and we've talked about this, but for uh, the folks that are are joining us and have not heard our prior conversations, I think it would just be to strengthen the bench. I I don't think it would have anything to do with the starters. I really don't.
3: Yeah, I would be shocked otherwise, Grant. That's what he's shown. Monty McNair has shown he makes calculated moves. This trade deadline, not a ton of buyers out there. So, The sellers are looking for – it's a big seller's market, let's put it that way. So I think that Monty is going to be very careful with what he does with the things coming up like the new CBA, which we talked about in past shows, which will affect how many teams in the NBA uh, make their decisions starting as
1: soon as this coming season. You know, the other thing I want to point out, uh, and again, I I hate to keep on going back and forth on this, but I think it's, it's very pertinent here. The Kings just got back yesterday, okay, from a very long road trip, including a very long flight from Cleveland, all right, at this time of the year, that is is a long flight from the Eastern Time Zone to the Pacific, and now you play tonight, and you play Friday, and then you get on a plane Saturday, okay, and you fly three-plus hours, okay, to start another road trip in Oklahoma City, and I know all teams have quirks in the schedules and I get all of that, but I really believe this. I really believe that the Kings can get through this stretch leading up to the all-star break without getting buried. In other words, that means a bad stretch. I think they are set up very well guys for this stretch run after the break. Jerry.
2: Oh, absolutely. You look at the schedule. If they they can go over 500, just over 500 uh, for the you Know the all star break and all that, and, and it, they're, they're going to be fine, it, they're going to be in really good shape schedule wise. You get into March and all that, so uh, yeah, this is just a brutal stretch, and they got to get through it the best they can. But uh, you know, anything over 500, I'd say is just terrific. Well, they better win yeah. tonight. It's yeah. got to start
1: tonight, <laughs> it's got to start, start
2: tonight, yeah. You, you yes, you're, you're not going to be on 500 if you don't beat these guys,
1: yeah. And then again, you get in Denver, Ryan on a second night of a back-to-back after they play the Lakers. So, you know, you you have a – and, again, with Denver, we got to see who's going to line up on the floor. But if they have their players out on the floor, you know, they're they're world champs. They, they don't really – Michael Malone is not going to dwell on the fact that, you know, he's playing on the second night of a back-to-back. They'll be ready to play. I can guarantee you that.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely not. They'll totally be ready to play. And I think what's really exciting to think about seeing Denver this much um, in such a short period of time is the level that Sabonis is playing at, it is quickly approaching some categories that the Joker is in um, on the season. And to see him at this high level go up against Joker coming into the All-Star break, I just think it's going to be a special matchup and a lot of fun for NBA fans and Kings
1: fans. Not good enough for the All-Star team, though. Jerry? Not good enough for the All-Star team.
2: Yeah, uh, well, obviously it was unfair. He ought to be on there. And I I would not berate anybody that's on there because they're all really outstanding players but i just think for sacramento they just deserved at least one all-star And yeah. so you know but as usual if they're the one exception to the whole all-star process it happens to be sacramento <laughs> you know with <laughs> where they are well, in standings and nobody representing them but uh we've seen that before too
1: well you know uh, i i guess as a player there, there's nothing you can really do about it. I know that there's a lot of contractual incentives tied in with making all-star games and things of that nature. So, you know, there's also a financial hit to these players as well. But uh, I, I guess it is what it is. There's only so many spots. And every year, I think it's fair to say that every year there's a player or two that has a really good argument to make for being left off the team. And you can't really debate it. And I don't think we can debate... Sabonis, I think most people affiliated with the league understand that he should have been on the All-Star team.
2: Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, it is one of those things, that I think, for guys like Sabonis, who's been a three-time All-Star, I mean, I think probably the truth is, if he could have gotten the bonus money and not had to play, uh, you know, the, the the thrill of being All-Star is, is gone to some degree. If, you know, obviously the recognition and the money uh, is probably the most important part of that because most guys would really prefer the time off. The only the only thing about this All-Star
1: game and I you're right about what you just said. The fact that it's in Indiana where he started his career, he's got mm-hmm. a lot of his roots and I think for Sabonis to be in the All-Star game in Indiana might make it sting a little bit more. Again, I, I may be wrong. I'm speculating on this. I don't know DeMontis. I've never talked to him, but I, I just got to believe that this would have been extra special for him.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't do. Yeah, I would, I would think so too. I mean, in other words, uh, probably if it was anywhere else, I'm sure he'd really not have other than the, the money and the recognition, but I you know, he'd like to go back to Indiana in an all-star game just, you know, see if nothing else, see former friends and spend a little time in the city. And because he was certainly highly regarded when he was there, because he made two all star teams there. Yep.
1: Yep.
2: William says he began his career
1: in Oklahoma City. I didn't even remember that. Did he yeah. begin his career? I forgot that. So thank yeah, you, William, yeah. for the correction. But the point is, he flourished in uh, Indiana, as Jerry said, as a two time all star. Okay. So if, if we just, um, we expect the Kings to be a little sluggish in the first quarter, correct? So, but the, you know, the Kings already found out against the Pistons, you can be down by twenty points in the first quarter, and and it's no problem because they were down by twenty in the first quarter in Detroit just a, a couple of weeks ago.
2: Well, they're yeah, they're a team obviously that has trouble scoring at a lot of nights, and, and what you do hope for, I think, is. As you can't always make your shots, but you can come out with some defensive intensity and really make try to make it tough on the Pistons right away to, to let them know they're going to be in for a long night. But because the Kings certainly can, they can score the ball about every night. They, they, they're like anybody. The, some nights the threes don't fall. But uh, yeah, I, I think the key is just what kind of defensive intensity uh, do we get early so you don't get in a hole.
1: You know, this is a great text from Sea Dog. We have to remember that it's the NBA coaches that vote for the re- reserves. And Dog said yeah. for some reason, NBA coaches didn't believe he was good enough to be an all-star. And and that's the point that I have talked about on recent shows. That's the puzzling part. This isn't fans who you can criticize for not really you know, being up to speed on, on all the things outside of the market that they live in. You can't say that about the coaches. That's the puzzling aspect of this, guys. We haven't really gotten into that, Ryan
3: it's indirectly uh it's a shot across the bow at the sacramento kings in the style of basketball that they play and it's indirectly a shot across the bow at demonis bonus and the way that he plays i mean certainly his style is much different than the flashy you know go between your legs shoot a half court three uh with 20 seconds left on the shot clock and I don't know if the the coaches just see it differently, if they think he's a beneficiary of a system, but I, I'm pretty sure you put Sabonis in just about any system in the NBA, he's going to be successful.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of disagree with that statement. And I'll tell you why. Uh, yeah, I, I think the coaches think he's an all-star. They just thought other guys were more deserving. That's all. I mean, you know, that that's the bottom line on this stuff. You only pick so many. In other words, they thought, in my mind, they thought Carl Anthony Towns is better. Well, he's Carl Anthony Towns has been a several time All Star, but and a former number one pick. And they thought Anthony Davis, who's a former number one overall pick and many time All Star. I mean, so I don't quite, I just don't see it that way. I mean, because yeah, they could have put him on there and they should have, but I don't think that being beat out let's say them choosing Carl Anthony Towns who just has scored 60 in a game uh, that's a week true. or so ago is an insult or an Anthony Davis who's been a five six time seven time all-star is an insult so I disagree with the coaches but I, I don't believe any of them would tell you not one would tell you they don't think he's an all-star okay that's well said
1: as far as Carl Anthony Townsend and Anthony Davis go. Are they deserving to be on the team? I can't say they're not deserving to be on the team. Okay. I don't believe that a team's record should be anywhere near the top of the list in determining who you vote for as an all-star. I know fans think, well, Minnesota's got the first best record in the league or the second best in the West, whatever. And so they deserve more than one all-star. No, I've never felt that way. It's the players, it's an all-star game for the players, okay? Carl Anthony Towns is only better in this category than Sabonis. And that's scoring by a few points. Sabonis across the board is better than him in every statistical category with the exception of free throw percentage. Anthony Davis's numbers, if you just forget about the Lakers and the fact that they're not having a good year, forget about that. If you put his numbers down on the paper, I can't argue with Anthony Davis being on the team and the number of games he's played. I guess the argument that I have is the decision, and I would love to get all the coaches in a room and be able to ask them this question. Why did you choose Towns ahead of Sabonis when Sabonis statistically is better in every category with the exception of just slight advantage for Towns in scoring? And the question I would want to know from these coaches is, did Minnesota's record influence your decision to pick Towns over Sabonis? That's the part that, that I want to know.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you, you know that's, that's kind of the questions to ask. And and they can say, you know, what they want to just like with Davis. They can say, well, you – because we could ask, well, why would you pick Davis? Their team, they have two guys on the team, and their record is worse. And, right. And, of course, they could say, well, that same team finished – went to the western finals last year and we we know this guy more so Uh, you know i don't know i i mean i think Sabonis should have been on there before either one of them but i'm not going to sit here and say that they're not deserving of being all-stars because i think they are
1: i agree they are and i don't think i don't think last year should ever factor in to an all-star that's just me i know i know it does I know it does, it does, but it shouldn't. I know it, no. but it shouldn't. I
2: mean, Lillard doesn't deserve to be an all-star in the East. That's right. I know. But he is yeah, because, do. you know, yeah. or or so, but, you know, as you know, we've seen that for years. I mean, once yeah. the guys, you know, that sort of thing. But, but anyway, yeah, I, you know, uh, uh, that's all I got to say about it. I think I, that definitely was should have been on there, but I don't, I'm not offended that those other two guys are. Yeah, Jerry,
3: I would both of you guys. I guess for me, the question comes, the other question I would ask here, because I think two things can be true at once. Okay, you pick Towns, you pick Davis over Sabonis for the all-star team. What if those were the three names in the hat for the MVP right now? Who would you vote for?
2: Well, I think Sabonis would get a lot more votes. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, like I say, I mean, I think when you just – look at it realistically the kind of month he's had and the record of the team uh all i mean he clearly should have been picked i think over those guys but my, yeah. my point would still be they're really good too <laughs> but they uh and, and as you know i mean probably carl anthony towns would certainly be no no more than second most valuable player on his own team and mm-hmm. And Davis, the second most valuable player on his team. Now, some people could say Fox would be the most valuable on the Kings, and he was for part of the year, but really, the last month he hasn't been. So, you know, I don't yep. know. Uh, splitting it's, hairs. I I just think he deserved it, and that's where I'd end it with. Yeah.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, don't forget. Uh, Ryan's going to be coming up with the uh, pregame show at 630 and then Jerry will join both of us at halftime and then we'll have the postgame. Also, if you have not yet subscribed to the channel, please just hit the subscribe button. That way you'll be notified whenever we uh, do shows. You won't miss anything because we have a lot of content coming your way. So please subscribe. Uh, You see the uh, QR code there and all of my exclusive content and rants. But, you know, Jerry. Jerry now calls me Mr. Positive, so I don't know if my rants are gonna be as effective
2: or not. Yeah, you know, you you know, you gotta mellow out just a little bit, you know, just a little bit. You know, you've been away from New York long enough, you could just kinda of, kinda of turn into a little red-headed mushball, you know, any day yep. now. So. uh
1: somebody wants to share an update on Scott Pollard. Yeah, I actually was just messaging uh Scott uh before. Uh, we came on and I don't think he would uh, mind me saying this because he has been doing uh, social media posts, including as uh, late as yesterday. Scott is at the hospital uh, in Nashville uh, at Vanderbilt, one of the leading heart centers in America. Uh, and he is going to be staying uh, at the hospital until he gets a new heart. Uh, that could be tomorrow. Uh, it could be next week. It could be next month. Uh You know, obviously, when we're talking about organ donors, particularly with the heart, you know, you can only get a heart when there's somebody that passes away. So uh, I've always felt that in these situations, like you're really hoping and and praying that Scott gets a heart. But the only way he gets a heart is the misfortune of somebody else. And so it's um, it it is what it is. I guess it's called life. And I don't want to get into a, a, a tangent here, but. I talk to Scott every day, multiple times uh, during the day. Uh, His spirits are up. Uh, He is hoping that he gets a heart very, very soon uh, because his quality of life is not very good right now. And his only chance at improving the quality of his life is with a heart. And because of his size, uh, he needs a a heart from a, a, a bigger person than, let's say, the three of us. And so uh, we're thinking about Scott. We have our fingers crossed for him, but just know that he's in good spirits and he's very hopeful that he will be getting a new heart soon.
2: Yeah, yep. great guy. i tell you what, that, uh, you just got to pray.
1: That's yep, you, you just got to pray. Um, and, you know, listen, I, not to go off, but I think it's great for the people that are o- organ donors that... I you know are are very happy to donate their organs um when they pass or what have you. And um so we'll see. I'll keep you updated. I can promise you that. Scott will probably keep you updated as much as I. Uh you can follow him on uh X, you can follow him on Instagram and on Facebook. Facebook, uh his wife Dawn, also posts updates. So uh that's the latest on Scott. And again, I will uh keep you uh, up to date on that. All right, uh back to Basketball right now. Eleven o'clock tomorrow. Ryan will have a special show. Getting you right up until the NBA trade deadline. And if uh there are any moves made, uh Ryan will have them. He'll break them down for you. And then uh, I'll do a show tomorrow night, probably let's say seven o'clock. We'll do a wrap and we'll figure out. You know what happened. We can have a couple of hours to analyze it, and then uh, I'll do a show tomorrow at seven. And then Friday, I'm going to be traveling uh, to Sacramento, so I will not be on with uh, you guys at halftime or the post game show as the Kings take on the Nuggets. So that's the schedule upcoming. Uh, but it got you know, if the Kings are going to go three and two, guys, I mean, let's just call it the way it is. They're not going three and two if they get upset tonight. All right, this is a this has got to be a must win in these five games. Has to be.
2: Yeah, it has to be. And, uh, you know, that going back to one other point, Ryan was talking about uh, <clears> the <throat> trade deadline and thank you guys, as far as the Kings really, uh, maybe could get a little help bench help. And I really do think that's, the, that's the key. Now the bench just isn't good enough. And they, you know, obviously Trey Lyles and monk, you, you can count on those guys, but they need, they need another, another guy, you know, that, uh, at least I think. And so, so hopefully they can, you know, swing a deal to just strengthen strengthen the bench.
3: Well, yeah. yeah, and don't if the Kings do make a peripheral move like that, don't be upset if you don't know the name because there's a lot of guys around the NBA that are great hands that you may not have heard of. Um, I, I think the big thing is just monitoring the market. Again, the latest report, the name you've heard a lot of, Alex Caruso. The Bulls want OG Ananobi compensation right now for Alex Caruso. So that kind of tells you where the market's at. I know that's an ask, that's or that's a want, uh, not necessarily what they're gonna get, but um, should be interesting. And Jerry, I
1: think that's right.
3: Grant, you think they strengthen the bench? Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, yeah,
1: all right, well, uh, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna wrap up this show. We'll all be back at halftime. Ryan's getting ready to do the pregame show at uh, 6.30. And then, again, halftime, and then we'll have the postgame show as the Kings take on the Detroit Pistons. Jerry, thanks, as always, for being with us this afternoon, and we'll talk to you in a couple hours. Can't wait, guys. Sounds good. And, Ryan, again, for everyone else, uh, tomorrow uh, you'll have that special beginning at 11 o'clock, and we'll look forward to your pregame show coming up at 6.30. Everybody else, remember, this is the place to be for your Kings coverage if you don't like that. So long, everybody.